The serious side of the J. Ross Show is coming up next, right here on the TJRS Radio Network. My father's conversation with me was daily. My grandfather uh, talked to me as a, as, a, as a black man from Augusta, Georgia, growing up in the Deep South. Frightening. And I'm being very light when I use the word frightening. If something goes wrong, your first line of defense, uh, you know, your parents not being there, is to go to the police. If you're Caucasian. So, well, I, I mean, yes, still, that's what you still, teach your children. Unfortunately, uh, you know. it can't work for black children, right? right? Being an African-American is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful blessing. You have come from great people. What I love about you as my son is I remember when we thought about having you and, you know, knowing that we wanted you and watching you grow. You are the Muhammad Ali, you are the Malcolm X, you are the Martin Luther King. You are an amazing young man, and the future is yours. And I will do my best to make sure you're safe. That's it. I love you. Why should I vote? Nothing ever changes. The system is rigged. Why bother? Whether you're trying to get dinner on the table after working a double shift, dropping baby off with grandma, or studying for exams, voting can feel like the furthest thing from your mind. You might even feel like it's just not worth it. But that's exactly what some people want you to think. The truth is, when we stay home, things stay the same or they get worse. But when we all vote, we get new ideas and new energy. We get leaders who share our values and listen to our voices. That's how we change America. And that's why it's so important to register right now and vote this November. And in every election, go to whenweallvote.org or text WEALLVOTE to 97779 to get started and know that your vote will make a difference. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. White House doctor says he is very happy with the improvements President Trump is making, but NPR's Franco Ordonez reports that the optimistic assessment is in contrast with some concerning messages about the president's recovery. White House doctor Sean Connolly said the president was doing well just 72 hours since his diagnosis. And that raised questions about the timeline of the president's diagnosis because it would have meant he was positive for the virus on Wednesday afternoon before he had a rally in Minnesota and went to a fundraiser in New Jersey. The White House quickly said he misspoke, but what was also noteworthy is that soon after the doctor's briefing, another person familiar with the president's health raised more concerns, noting, we're still not on a clear path to a full recovery. The Associated Press identified that person as Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Franco Ordonez, NPR News. <laughs> 
Chief of Staff Meadows appeared on Fox News last night saying he had real concerns about the president's condition Friday morning, and he repeated the White House doctor's finding that the next 48 hours or so would be critical. But he also said there was never a consideration or even a risk of a transition of power, calling fears that President Trump would not be able to fulfill his duties irrational. With a month to go before Election Day, Republican South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham defended his three-term record on the debate stage last night against Democratic challenger Jamie Harrison in Columbia. South Carolina Public Radio's Gavin Jackson has more. The first debate between Graham and Harrison focused heavily on the coronavirus response and the pending confirmation of Judge Amy Coney Barrett, which Graham's Judiciary Committee will oversee. While Graham accused Harrison of supporting a radical agenda, his opponent hit back, calling out Graham's shift confirming Supreme Court justice just weeks before an election, a stance Graham previously opposed. Both highlighted their humble beginnings and desire to work across the aisle, but their differences were stark with Harrison even speaking behind a plexiglass partition, citing concern over the deadly coronavirus. Both sides claimed victory, though Harrison's campaign said it raised $125,000 during the hour-long debate. For NPR News, I'm Gavin Jackson in Charleston. To Texas now, where top aides in the Texas Attorney General's office are accusing their boss of taking bribes and abusing his office. Matt Largy is with member station KUT in Austin. He reports that deputies for Attorney General Ken Paxton are asking federal authorities for an investigation. Seven top officials reportedly wrote to the state's Human Resources Department Thursday accusing Paxton of a range of crimes without detailing them. The allegations were reported by the Austin American Statesman newspaper. The aides said they also reported their claims to federal law enforcement. Paxton told the newspaper the allegations were made to stop an investigation into other state employees. He was already under indictment for securities fraud since 2015. This is NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. You just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. Uh, folks, absolutely folks do you have any idea what this clown's doing? Mr. Do you have any do? Socialized medicine. Mr. Well, President. I'll tell you what. He is not for any help for people needing health care. Because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. It's stunning news. The President of the United States now confirming to the world that he and the First Lady of the, of the United States have both tested positive for the coronavirus and they will quarantine. The President tweeting out just moments ago here in the United States, 12.54 a.m., said tonight, at FLOTUS and I, uh, and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. Again, the President of the United States confirming via Twitter that he is now tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I, I will say a couple of things just to give you background and information I have that uh, I'm, I'm very few people probably who you're gonna be talking to today did. Everybody in the hall, with the exception of the president, the vice president, and myself, had to wear a mask. Uh, when Mrs. Biden came in, when members of her party came in, they were all wearing masks, and they, took, they kept them on throughout the debate. Uh, on the Trump side of, of the hall, 
Uh, Mrs. Trump came in wearing a mask but took it off when once she sit, sat down. I didn't see when they came in, but all the other members of the first family that I saw there, including Ivanka, Tiffany, uh, when they sat down, they weren't wearing masks. I'm told by the pool of reporters who was there that somebody from the Cleveland Clinic came up to the first family. I believe this was before Mrs. Trump sat down uh, and offered them masks in case they didn't have them and they waved them away. I came here, wasn't feeling so well. I feel much better now. We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again. We've done an awfully good job of that, but we still have steps to go and we have to finish that job. And I'll be back. I think I'll be back soon. That Brianna Taylor's family hoped would shed new light on the botched drug raid at her apartment in March that left the 26-year-old emergency room technician dead. The tapes revealing it was a chaotic and confusing scene. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen Williams, Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Thank you so much, and good morning to one and all, and welcome into the show. Today is October 4th, 2020, and here are the things that we will discuss this morning right here on the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Positive POTUS. President Trump and the First Lady Melania Trump has contracted the COVID-19 virus. Poetic justice? <laughs> we'll discuss. Debate debacle. Joe Biden and Donald Trump met face-to-face for the first time on the debate stage this past Tuesday. To say that it was an S show, and I'm not saying serious side show, is an understatement. And last but certainly not least, no justice, no peace, the Kentucky Attorney General's Office released the grand jury transcripts to the public in the Breonna Taylor shooting case. And to no surprise, well, you know what, we'll talk about it, you'll see. We'll talk about it third set, hang around, that's the tease. But as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me bring in some of the very best in the business. First up, she's a big sis, I love her to death. She's always here, folks. She hang out with those Trump supporters. She watch CNN. MSNBC and Fox News, so you don't have to. The very lovely and quick-witted Vanessa May Belle from the Macanelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? And welcome into the show. Good morning, my friend. How are you this morning? Well, I thought I was your brother, but uh, I'm doing fine, my friend. Hopefully, hopefully you're having my a brother, wonderful my Sunday. Love. What you want me to say, Jay? Look, That's, there you go. You just said I it too. I appreciate it. I love you to tell. You know I do. So I know you do. Tell the world. Let's, there you go. I do. I love Jay Ryle. I love Lance. The whole panel. No, no, this is about family. me. Don't bring, don't bring him in. This, okay, this is okay, about so, me right now. Okay, take yes. me out of it. Okay, I love yes. you, Jay. Yes. Okay, so look, y'all. Let me start the morning by saying that I do wish the president and his wife and everybody else who has COVID. I wish them well. I do not wish for anyone to die from this disease that has people aching and painting, but the president can't be that sick if he's still tweeting and talking to senators and Congress. But I'm going to refrain from saying what I want to say. There you go. So if I've been to anybody this morning, 
Let me say, Jay, if I offend anybody this today, let me go ahead and apologize because God still got some work to do with me. Carry on. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to carry on. Speaking of which, let's move right along to the one of the brothers. I call him the educator brother, the brother who, I tell you what, his wisdom, his knowledge, his deep thought, commentary, provokes people to say, hmm, he's my little brother, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be, man. Good morning, John. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I am certainly blessed and I, I, I would like to say uh, that earlier when when Jay was doing his best redemption uh, of Donald Trump uh, at the debate, going back and forth with Miss Vanessa, uh, that was a reenactment. So I I, I, I did find that, that 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 to be quite interesting and, and, and a good lead in until 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 the first segment, but. Uh, more importantly, good morning, Miss Vanessa, uh, Les, Jay, um, Jerome, Dr. Williams, and for all of those individuals that allow us an opportunity to come into their homes. Um, and I want to start off by apologizing uh, for for some comments that I said on on last week uh, when I went back and listened to the show. I was I was uh, embarrassed at at some of the things that I said, so I want to apologize to each one of the contributors and to the show, Jay, and, and to our and to the people that, that allow us not to come to the home. So I do apologize for for some of my commentary on last week. Well, um, went over my head, but uh, apology accepted, I guess. Okay. Uh, Didn't hear it. I guess I need to go back and try to figure out what he's talking about. But nevertheless, we are glad that you're here. Thank you so much. And speaking of the Grinch who stole Christmas, my main man, here's my brother from another mother, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, first and last word here. What's up, man? Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, sir. I'm glad you're here this morning. Good morning, Hawk. And good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Mariana Music. And a very special hello to my brother, Jerome. You know, know we're praying for you, my brother. Knowing that we're praying for you, my brother. Absolutely. We are definitely praying for our colleague, Jerome Esprit. Uh, like we mentioned, I think it was last week we talked about, we mentioned, we announced on the air that he had lost his mother. So keep him and his family in your thoughts and prayers. And, uh, you know, I spoke to him during the week and uh, I told him about the just outpouring of people uh, who uh, have been inquiring about him, wanting to know. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I spoke to Kathleen, not to Jerome. I misspoke and talked about how people were concerned about them both. Kathleen is on special assignment. Uh, she'll join us when she can. But, uh, you know, once again, we appreciate you folks being concerned about our people, you know, which is a testament to how you guys feel about us and how we feel about you. So appreciate you, love you. Chat room should be open. The number is 347-850-1270. You could be a part of the conversation if you are shy and bashful or you just like to communicate through social media. You can write your comments in the world-famous chat room or you can write your comments on the many uh, social media pages that we monitor throughout the course of the show. And and if if your comments are respectful enough, we will read them during the chatterbox section of the show, which is about 90 minutes away. So without any further ado, a lot to talk about. And I say right now, we should just get right into this thing. Let's get this show started. 
You just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. How, folks, absolutely folks agreed do you have any idea what this clown is doing? Mr. You have any do? Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Well, i tell you what. He is not for any help for people needing health care. Because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. That's right. This past Tuesday, Joe Biden and Donald Trump went head to head. And needless to say, uh, to call it an S show would be an understatement. Uh, Mr. Elias, let's start right there, Um, because we're taking all these events in chronological order. So let's start there first. When you saw this thing, Mr. Elias, what (laughs) have you ever seen a presidential debate that went down like that? Uh, Jay, not in my entire life, and I have not been following politics my entire life, but my God, I, I, was, I watched the presidential debate. My first presidential debate I've ever watched was uh, the first Bush when he said, read my lips. That, that, so that was the first presidential debate I ever followed. So, but I've been following it for a while, but my God, man, it's... And, you know, it's not going to deter voters because he's not presidential, and that's what they love about him. He's not going to be presidential. And, you know, if, you know, and if Joe Biden went down to the mud to swing with him, then his people would have, then, 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 then uh, his people would say, see, Joe Biden did the same thing. That was, I mean, that was just unbelievable just to interrupt and, and distract and to do all that stuff. While somebody's trying to answer a question, you just take it over. And Chris Wallace, I, I you know, I he, <laughs> I just, I'd had a few choice words for the for, for, for Trump because it, it wouldn't have got that far with me. They they should have had Samuel Jackson there because Samuel would have said the words <laughs> that I wanted to say. You know, Samuel L. Jackson. That, wow, that was ridiculous, <laughs> man. That was ridiculous. Oh, it, it had it had no class. It had no substance. What points got across? And he lied through the entire thing, talking about you know I have thirty, forty thousand people at my rally. I didn't see thirty-five, forty thousand people at a rally, you know. And he said that nobody, nothing, nothing ever happened at his rally. Well, I guess Herman Cain's people would actually disagree with you. And the people from Tulsa, Oklahoma, that went to your rally, the first rally you held, where you thought it was going to be a million people and only 5,000 people showed up, where you had to shut it down. So that's another lie. But, you know, Herman Cain died. You know, so for you to sit there and say nothing, nobody got sick, nothing happened, is a complete other lie. You know, I, I, you I know. just, I, I, I didn't believe it. Well, let me ask you this, Vanessa, because this is something, as I watched the debate, and you tell me if you felt the same way, in the beginning when the debate, st- when the debate started off, I said, you know what, I'm going to look at this through the lens of a Trump voter. And a Trump voter can say, you know what, well, look, he's being authoritative, he's being assertive, you know, he's looking at Joe Biden, Joe Biden's looking at the moderator. Can you see, if you were a Trump voter, that... Can you see how they may have come to the conclusion that Donald Trump won the debate? No. <laughs> no I, That's why. I, I, no. I, I don't. And um, 
don't. <laughs> no. I, Can I, I get I your can't. tongue? It's like, no. Uh, yeah, no. No, I just, no, no. I can't. And, and the Trump supporters that's on my page aren't saying a word. They're not debating all Mm-mm. the ugly things that I'm dropping that I'm, I'm, I have stopped dropping. But at first I was dropping a lot of stuff. And they're not, they're not side messaging me. They're not making nasty comments on my post. They're not saying nothing. So, no. I, I, they don't. They don't think you want. They. They're not saying nothing. They quiet. David. Interesting. They're quiet as church mouse. All right, Johnny D. Question yep. for you. Were you okay? You saw. I'm. I'm going to assume you saw the debate. If not, you probably caught the highlights. Yes, sir. Uh, here's my question for you. How do you think Joe Biden did? Do you think Joe Biden? Uh, Joe Biden's performance during the debate, you know, uh, convinced some of those uh, voters who were on the fence, brought over some disgruntled Republicans, may have even made some Trump voters say, you know what, I need to go with Joe Biden because he was more presidential during this debate? Or just give me your overall, I guess, grade of Joe Biden's performance. Well, I, I will say this here. Let me respond to the questions uh, in, in, in a reverse order. To the Trump voters converting over, no. Um, they are mm-hmm. they are dug in their trench holes, and they're not coming out. Uh, they, they are set for battle, and they're going to stay with their guy. So, no, I don't think there was an influence there for the undecided voters. Uh, do I think that there could have been some conversions? I think. Donald Trump did more to convert than Joe Biden did, so his actions in and of itself probably made people come to the realization that this guy is just ridiculous. And in regards to Joe Biden's performance, I think he did all that he could possibly do. I mean, when given the circumstances, you know, I I saw the next day where you had critics, uh, you know, uh, talking about uh, Joe Biden and how he handled it, handled the, the debate. I mean, the reality of it is, is that unless he would have stood there silently and said nothing, then people would have said, well, Donald Trump is right. He's weak. He's timid. Uh, he didn't have no response. He's confused. So the only alternative that he had was to come back and, and, and match, match, and, you know, theater for theater. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, you know, they, they, they'll go down. In, in history as having by far the most confrontational of all debates and certainly each one of them had punchlines. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I chuckled when, when, when Donald Trump talked about Joe Biden and, and his huge uh, face mask that he wears. You know, I, I, I chuckled at that. But, you know, of, otherwise, I think Joe Biden literally had no other alternative but to match match that temperament and the times that uh, I have to agree, the times that he looked at the camera and got his points across, uh, I, I thought was pointed uh, to sit there and, and attack Joe Biden and talk about his son being a dope addict. I mean, this guy, like I say, Donald Trump did more to convert the, in my opinion, convert those undecided. And I, I can't imagine who would even be undecided at this point um, in, in, in life. And, and Jay, I, I, I'll say this here. You know, I, I wasn't one who strongly endorsed your analogy that you made some weeks ago that anyone who supports Donald Trump is, is a racist. But I would have to say, after hearing what we heard 
and seeing what we've seen of this individual here. There are no more passes for him. After that performance, if you are a supporter of Donald Trump, there is no policies that he has passed. He's signed a bunch of executive orders, so you can't even sit back and say, I like his policies, because he has not produced any policies. You can't sit back and say that you like his, his ideologies or the way that he promotes women causes because he does everything but. This guy is a divider. This guy is a poor leader. And he also poorly and is responsible for 209,000 deaths in America. Yeah, it's on his watch. 210 right now, John. Uh, you can't hear me? No, no, I said 210,000. Okay, 210,000. Yeah, he, he's responsible for each one of those. And all of this turmoil that's going on in these quote-unquote democratic cities and, and, and all the, 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 the misrepresentations of the facts that, that, that's being told, he owns that because this is up under his watch. So the reality of it is that he did more to convert to independence than Joe Biden did. But, but in all honesty, I think Joe Biden had to match, match the efforts of what he was basically facing that night. And even with Chris mm. Wallace, uh, you know, uh, you know pe- people talk about how poorly he did. Again, he had no other alternative but to sit back and just try to referee. Yeah. And I thought as much as he possibly could, he tried to give them the dignity, although he had to step on their feet, at, 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 you know, foots at some time. Yeah. But yeah. that that was just a debacle. Trump set out with, yeah. with one thing in mind, to be disruptive and to go on the attack. And he got so locked in that yeah. when it was all said and done, this will go down in history. And this will be seen in classrooms moving forward on what you don't do. Yeah. You know, and so I think so. I think we're all saying here that basically Biden was OK. If we had to grade him, we would probably say maybe he was a C plus. But because of the fact of because of how Trump reacted and the way he just kept interrupting and kept breaking the rules and kept spewing out all these lies, that we're saying that Trump more than Biden uh, was responsible or is responsible for anyone who have made who may have decided who they were going to vote for that night based on Trump's. Uh, performance more than uh, Biden's, right? I think that's what we're all saying. Is that what you're saying, Vanessa? Uh, but I'm not giving Biden a C. I'll give Biden a B, but I'm not going to give Biden a C. You give him a B, no. huh? Why, 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 why do you give him a B? I mean, is it, is it well? Is it? I'm, I'm talking about strictly on his performance, not because sometimes because to me. I say he was a C plus, but because of how Donald Trump acted, I would elevate him to a B overall. But just if he was up there on the stage with someone who legitimately had their, you know, stuff in order. We are. I mean, there were times, Vanessa. But no, Jay, we're grading him based on Trump. We're not grading him based on somebody else. So, well, no, no, I'm, no, 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 no. Let me say this. No, I'll give it back to you. Let me, let me clarify my position. No, no, I'm not. No, no. What I listen. Let's all be honest, right? I mean, we know he stutters, but I've been watching Biden for a long time. And what's going on now? It's like he's searching. Sometimes he gets caught up in something where he forgets his thoughts. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, he's how old is he? What, me seven, too. What, and seven? I'm fifty-seven years old. 
Well, yeah, but you you're not working for president. You no, but you don't walk into a room, Jay, and say, what the hell did I come in here for? You don't do that? <laughs> you know, I get that, so, Vanessa. But see, that go, but see, Vanessa, that makes you know. <laughs> but Vanessa, that makes you know. Di- hold up, Vanessa, real quick. That makes you. That, but see, that's what Trump people said. Remember? Oh, he's like me, Joker. I don't want you to be the president. So I mean, same thing. I'm not running for president because yeah, there are times when I walk in. So that being said, he I is still the Democrat. He well, well, he he was searching for words. There were times where he would, and I've seen this a lot from him speaking publicly. He bubbles things and and things of that nature, and so he's having okay. senior moments. I, I'm, let's just be honest okay. about it. I mean, I think we're okay. all supporting him, but he's having okay. these senior right. moments. Okay. And if he's a I'm guy so- that's within one feet, one foot of the nuclear codes, I mean, come on, let's be honest about this. So that's what I was saying, Vanessa. So my C grade was just based on him alone, the times when he was uninterrupted and he, you know, spoke his piece. That when was, was that? my grade. I, I wanted him. Him. I when wanted was he uninterrupted? Take, I wanted him to take his time. I prayed on Facebook for Biden them to take their time because I didn't want him to say something that he shouldn't have said. I didn't want him to stutter. I didn't. I prayed for that and asked people on Facebook to pray with me on that because, you know, he can say some stuff that gets him in trouble. And he didn't do that. So I'm so proud of him for that. He looked presidential up there, Jay. Trump looked like an yep. idiot. So I have and then he looked into the camera. He looked into the camera and said what he was going to do for the people. I'm I give him a B. I'm not going to give him a C, and I'm surely not giving him an A. But he does deserve a B minus because he did look presidential. He did look into the camera. He wasn't acting ignorant like Trump. I salute Biden. Thank you, Mr. Biden. Thank you, President Biden. So that's what that's going to be. I give him a B. <laughs> Three, four, seven. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, we're talking about the presidential debate that took place, and so real quick, in the few minutes we have left, uh, let's do a preview. Uh, real quick, uh, Mr. Elias, give me your thoughts on what's happening uh, next week. First of all, do you think there will be a debate next week? And second of all, give me your uh, honest assessment of what you think is going to go down between. You know, the second person on the ticket, Vice President Pence versus Senator Kamala Harris. Uh, first and foremost, no, I don't think there will be a debate for the for the pre- Still presidential schedule. debate. No, I, I don't care. I would if if you were Joe Biden, would you go? No, no, I said Vice <laughs> Presidential <laughs> debate, Mr. Elias. No, I, I, Vice I'm President saying, I thought you were talking about okay, provide, yeah, that's yeah, that's your schedule, yeah. Uh, I think Camilla is, is going to eat this guy for lunch, man. I do, because she's not going. She, she's going. She's going to go down and dirty just like Pence. So if Pence is a dirt, if Pence is just as dirty as Trump, man. He he couched that that religious claim in front of him and he's oh worse. I love God and all that. He's worse. He's horrible. Yeah. Uh, we had him as a governor here in Indiana, and he was he was the worst governor that I could ever think of in history, man. He he's horrible. So yeah, yeah I, think I think it's going to go on. I think it's going to go on, not unless he can not unless he comes out and say he has the owner. You know, yeah, okay. most definitely. All right, all right. So now, uh, you know, I was watching some old clips the other night because every now and then, when I get when I feel I need to 
go back to a more subtle time. I'll go back on YouTube and I'll watch President Obama, you know, when the, when he was dealing with the uh, H1N1 uh, virus, the Ebola. I go back, I watched uh, uh, when he was talking to the Republicans and Mike Pence uh, stood up and asked a question. And it was, I liked how he kind of, he, uh, he What's the term I'm looking for? I can't think of the term. But he really kind of he went at them, but he did it in a classy way. He dressed there, dressed them down. He dressed them down in a cool way, and it was kind of funny to watch because once again he was trying to ask President Obama gotcha questions, and you know he had answers for everything, and they really couldn't come back with a response. So uh, Vanessa, real quick, we're up against a break. Uh, Thirty seconds. Do you do you do you think that the vice presidential debate's going to go down, and who do you think's going to win? Nope, it's not going. He's going to say he's too busy doing stuff for Trump. Nope, no. And if it does, Harris is going to eat him alive. So, my 30 seconds is up. There you go. Oh, wow. Okay, Johnny D, real quick, 30 seconds, man. Up against the break, what do you think? Same question for you. I I, I think it almost has to. If, if you were in the Republican Party, you have to put him out in front of of the stage because at this point, you, you recognize the fact that uh, there probably won't be another presidential debate. If it is, it may be one. If it's a town hall, uh, Donald Trump will do poorly with that with that format. Uh, I, I think what you'll find is that uh, Pence is going to have to appeal to the racist and to the sexist and allow what you said earlier, Jay, uh, Joe Biden's mature moments, okay, to kind of settle in and say, okay, this young lady may be one year, two years, three years removed from being the first female president and the second African-American president. I think that they will start playing on that there to to get the fears and, and, and the worries of some of the undecided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to go. All right, thank, good thank stuff. You, he, said, he said something I thought was pretty good, though, and that's something I was thinking about, that, you know, and he hit the nail on the head that this debate almost have to go down because I think people will be reassured uh, once uh, Kamala Harris, you know, shows her stuff. And I think people will. And I, and I think more than most, and I'll ask you guys this question. Matter of fact, I'll save this question for after the break because this is a damn good question, and I just thought of it just now. All right, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Um, you know, Sky One News wanted to get the opinions of Americans in, in New York after Trump tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. So here's what they found out as they walked the streets of America, getting, a, getting you know, potential voters' opinions on the president, how he's handled the coronavirus and the whole nine yards. So here's this week's edition of Informative mm-hmm. Less Something That You Need to Know. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. The area where Donald Trump grew up was New York's hardest hit by COVID-19. From Queens to the White House, People here know only too well this virus doesn't discriminate. Elmhurst Hospital was at the epicenter of New York's outbreak. Perhaps little surprise, there was a sense of frustration at news the president has now tested positive. He's acting like he's immune, he's a superhero. He's a normal, regular person. At the end of the day, America's supposed to consider the superpower, right? Right now, doesn't look like it. 
Just six months ago, the scenes at Elmhurst Hospital were described as apocalyptic. So overwhelmed with patients, refrigerated lorries were brought in to store the dead. You don't need to go far to meet people here who've lost loved ones and lost patience with the president. It's very scary. It's very scary. And I think he should have been on, on a safe way of using his mask. Why do you think it's scary? If, if the president have COVID, it's a bad outlook on everybody else. I lost a lot of people that I work with and friends and family. And I just think it should be handled a better way. Now, with just a month until the election, the president's diagnosis undermines the core message of his campaign that America is through the worst of the pandemic. In an area that's lost more than 6,000 people to COVID-19, Donald Trump's positive spin on the pandemic has understandably not gone down well here. What will be telling is how his positive test is received among swathes of Americans elsewhere who believe the threat of coronavirus is being exaggerated to hamper his re-election. In July, Sky News met protesters at an anti-masking rally in Texas. We've caught up again with Len Swanson, who's unconcerned by the president's illness. Yes, your, your prime minister got sick, but he's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump has kept himself in better health conditions than your prime minister did. Do you still believe coronavirus is a hoax, Len? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It's a hoax, it's a virus, yes. But it's been politicized as a weapon to strike fear in order to try to derail our, uh, the, the Trump government. So Even in a badly hit area like Queens, you can still find COVID skeptics. I, I think they're trying to do some sort of uh, mass population control. And uh, the best way to control a whole bunch of people is through fear. At a crucial moment in the election cycle, after one of the most testing years in American history, the president's health has thrown the country into more uncertainty. Sally Lockwood, Sky News, Queens, New York. Welcome back in. 38 minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side of the J-Rob Show. It happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, 347-850-1272. You can get back in. Appreciate you coming back to the show. It's time to get us to the second topic of the day. I came here, wasn't feeling so well. I feel much better now. We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again. We've done an awfully good job of that. But we still have steps to go, and we have to finish that job and I'll be back I think I'll be back soon and I look forward to finishing up the campaign the way it was started and the way we've been doing and the kind of numbers that we've been doing we've been so proud of it but this was something that happened and it's happened to millions of people all over the world and I'm fighting for them that was the president of the United States uh, giving uh, the American people an update on his condition uh, a few days ago, Donald Trump and his wife, uh, Melania, the first lady of the United States, uh, told the world.
world that they had tested positive for COVID-19. Now, since that announcement, there have been mixed reports coming from the Trump White House, which is nothing new. Uh, You had people coming out saying that the president was doing okay, he's doing fine, he was strong as ever. And then you had people who released information to the press pool saying, wait a minute, he was in a very bad spot that his oxygen levels had gone low and the fact that they had actually gave him supplemental oxygen and got him to the hospital. So now we really don't know what's going on. Chief of Staff uh, uh, Meadows has come out and said, okay, he was in trouble. Oxygen levels were low. Bottom line is we wanted to get him to the White House to make sure it's a safety precaution, so to speak, and saying that he's not out the woods just yet, but the next 24 to 48 hours will be critical. Let me start this conversation to set off with you, Vanessa. You know, we heard during uh, the segment, Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know when they asked that man, do you think that the uh, virus is a hoax? And he still said yes. And he came out, not only did he say yes, he doubled down saying that this is an assault or something that they're trying to do to scare people and not to vote for Trump. I, I, I mean, you know, you, you get you, every day. You think that you you can't be surprised. Every day you ask yourself the question, could people really be this stupid? And every day you get a confirmation, yes, they can be. There are people who actually think that the White House is lying, that Trump is lying about this to get sympathy so he can win or get votes for next month's election. Now, As ridiculous as that sounds to me, guess what? Because of this White House, I can't blame people for looking at it from that perspective. Because just like I just said just a minute ago, the White House team of doctors came out and said he was doing fine. But then immediately after they went back into the hospital, reports came out saying that, no, he's not fine. And the reason why he was taken to Walter Reed was because of what is going on with him. So, Vanessa, when you heard this news, and be honest, the first thought that crossed your mind, yeah, be honest, the first thought that crossed your mind. Okay. God forgive me. I don't want bad karma. So the first thing that came out of my mind was, that's good for his ass. But he, so I'm sorry that I thought that, but God knows what you're thinking. And God knows yourself. what comes out of your mouth. So I might as well tell the truth till I'm getting dressed for church. And my first thought was, that's just good for his ass. And so I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have, I you know, you, I don't have I any do. sympathy. Because he didn't send my sister uh, a, a, a get well card when she had corona and was too sick to talk on the telephone. So I don't know how, Pastor, forgive me, I don't know how in the hell he's sitting up in a bed tweeting people, because I'm on a tweet page, tweeting people, instead of just getting on, the, on, on CNN and MSNBC saying, I just talked to the president and he's doing well and he told me blah, blah, blah. Okay, so my sister was so sick, I couldn't even really talk to her on the phone. I had to ask her children how she was doing. So you know what? God forgive me when I say this. 
All of that's a bunch of shit. I don't believe none of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, you don't have to ask for forgiveness. I mean, the bottom line is, well, I mean, you don't have to ask for forgiveness because the bottom line is, this is the environment in which he's created. But I mean, I'm telling you, my sister was six, six, six. My sister couldn't even talk on the phone. I had to go by their house and take lifestyle and stuff over there and have and, and Gatorade and stuff for her. How is Trump sitting up here tweeting? And talking to senators and Congress people and release the cruise ships and I'm, how is he doing this if he's so freaking sick? Take his ass back to the White House and do his damn job. So Vanessa, we can put her in the columns of uh, she thinks he's faking. You know, I don't, I don't think he is because of those video. Those videos he released is really has done more harm than good. Because one of the things that he says, Mr. Elias, and I picked up on this, is that wait, Jay, Jay, he has the the COVID. I'm not saying he don't have it. Don't be sending Jay text messages. I mean messages that he um, that he don't have. He has it. He has it because he didn't infect all of them other people. So he does have it. But what I'm saying is okay. he's not as sick as they are portraying that he is. He is not that sick. Well, they're not, and and, and that's the problem. The problem is is that when he found out that uh, Meadows put that put that uh, gave gave that update, he was furious. Donald Trump doesn't want anyone to think that he's weak. So, trust me, that's not something that he wanted to hear. And that's why you had those doctors come out and say what they said. And then, you know, Chief of Staff Meadows came out and said, wait a minute, okay, let me... First, it was leaked as an anonymous person. And then, you know, it was confirmed that it was Meadows. And then he went on the record and said, okay, he wasn't doing too good. You know, that's the reason why he's here. At the white, because you know they talked to former White House doctors, Mr. Elias, and they said, you know, they they really have the facilities, you know, on the property to take care of things. You know, if a person is, you know, showing some symptoms but they're okay, the first lady's still at the White House; she's being treated there. So they had to fly him to Walter Reed, and so. One of the things he's saying, though, in his tweets, if you pick up on it, he keeps saying, I think. I think he's unsure of what his future holds. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Elias, same mm-hmm. question for you. First thing, first thought that crossed your mind when you got the news that this president had contracted the COVID-19 virus. Well, in the mortal words of Malcolm X, the chickens have come home to roost. Um, and... The second thought I had was that it is what it is. And my third thought is I don't want to waste any more time with this news cycle because this is a waste of time for me. Right now, my news cycle is revolved around three states that which is in which the Republican Party are trying to steal. And that's Pennsylvania, Texas, yep. and Florida. And Ohio! Texas, uh, well, in Texas, what they're doing... They, they, but for the people that want to go and back absentee ballots to drop in their boxes, they put one per county. Harris County, which is Houston, blackest county in Texas, four million people live in Harris County. Yep. One ballot box? One ballot box? Well, man, well no, no, you say, say it right, Mr. Williams. Absentee, absentee ballot box. That's what I just said, absentee ballot box. Okay, well, okay. All right, I didn't hear that part. Okay, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I said okay. I have to see Dollar Box. 
Minnesota, and they have one per, per one per county. You got four million people in Harris County alone, and they got one ballot box where there was eleven, and because they're talking about cheating, and then you take it to Florida, where where they in Florida, believe it or not, they are, are unresounding vote where they said, okay, felons can vote right now. They they passed it some like. 50 to 25, they passed it and said, yes, okay, but now they come back and say, the felons have to pay their restitution before they can vote. So what did Mike Bloomberg do? He came in and raised $16 million and said, hey, you guys can vote now. I'm not telling you how to vote, which way to vote, yada, yada, skippy. What did the Republican Party do? He said, no, he's telling them to vote this way, so we're going to block that too. And now in Pennsylvania, what they're saying is that we can we can stop and look at the ballots in the middle of the election cycle. And if we don't think that way, we can take those ballots away. I don't care what's going on with Trump. I care what's going on in these different states where the where, where the voters are being suppressed, where, the, where your vote is being suppressed. So what was going on with Trump, I could care less. I don't care about it. I'm just talking about how can young people out there not vote knowing that they're trying to suppress your vote. This should tell you something about voting. So, uh, as far as Trump, I don't want to waste any more time on him. I could care less. All right, well, good for you. All right, so, Johnny D, let me go to you on this, because the thing is, is that what this guy does has an effect on everyone. The fact that he knew, the president knew, when he went to a fundraiser on Thursday, he knew he had been in contact with Hope Hicks. And Hope Hicks had tested positive for the virus. But yet and still, he went to Mariago, whatever the name of that, Mario, what's it called? Mario, Mar- say it again. Mar- Mar- Mar-a-Lago. 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 Okay, thank you. He went there and he attended a fundraiser and he exposed people in that room to this virus. How irresponsible is that? And so not only does he have it, First Lady, Hope Hicks, Rona McDaniel, she's a rock, isn't she like kinder to, to uh, Romney, his niece or something? She's the head of the mm-hmm. RNC. So why doesn't you know, Senator Bar Mike have Lee? It? Why doesn't huh? Bar have it yet? Bar doesn't have it yet. Because, he's, he's tested negative. Because you know but why? Bill Stevens. Him in everybody's face talking with no mask on, like Kelly who, who, See who? How does Bar who? not have it? Well, I don't, well, well, listen, well, keep in mind now, when they say they do these tests, you know, they have to do it two or three times. So that's not to say he's not going to have it. You know, it, it, they say it takes a few days. It incubates for two or three days or whatever. And then, you know, that's why, you know, Joe Biden is getting tested every day and more frequently because, yeah, your initial, your initial test results may be negative, but, you know, you may get tested the next day. Because remember, that's what happened to the president. They tested him and he was negative, but then he came back being positive. But, you know, Johnny D, same question for you. When you found out that this man had contracted the virus, first thing that came to your mind? And be honest, because God, God knows your heart. Jake, that, that, that was my response. That, that, well, that, that, no, no, that was my response. Oh wow! Silence. That was my response. Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that it it, it was inevitable. I mean, you know, when you talk about irresponsibility 
towards the latter part of last week where he went to these fundraisers knowing he had been in contact with the young lady who had tested positive. Let's go back to January 25th when you had the young man in Seattle, Washington, who contracted the first known case in America. So let's go back to that information that that, that the CDC and the intelligence uh, community informed him of that that he was so so you know elaborate with Bob Woodard. So let's go back to that era of irresponsibility. So in essence, when this when this occurred, and I got the news, that was my response. I didn't have one, but I will say this right here: I always pray that God's will be done. Um, and that's that's the extent of it. Uh, like I say, I just want God's will to be done. And if God's will is done, and and I'm able to serve my purpose, and 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 and, and so on and so forth, that's that's always my prayer at at the at the end of the cycle. But to 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 listen to the the gentleman on the segment. Um, Four minutes or, 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 or more. It, it it just goes to show that this the, the followers and and you know not necessarily just Trump followers. It's amazing to me how people uh, just simply dismiss millions of individuals contracting a virus and over a million people dying from the virus nationally. I, I don't see how you just simply dismiss that as as some hoax or some overnight uh, cold or sniffles or what have you. This is real, and people are suffering from it, not only from a, a medical standpoint, but a psychological standpoint. Um, uh, domestically, individuals are suffering. Educationally, the, the, the kids are suffering. Financially, you know, there's still people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, they're still filling up these lines at these food banks trying to get food because they have no jobs. And yet you've got Mitch McConnell and, and Nancy Pelosi as well posturing over funding for unemployment, but yet we know that there's still 30 million people that we know of statistically who have no jobs. So, yeah, my response was silent because I truly believe that that has been Donald Trump's response to the 210 million people in America who have died and the the, the 7 million that have contracted the virus in America. I think that's been his response, silence and denial. So, no, I don't deny the fact that, uh, like, again, I always pray that God's will be done. But I, I had no thoughts. Um, to me, it was inevitable simply because of the lifestyle. Here it is. got the top scientist in the world who says that part of mitigation is wearing of the face mask. But yet you have politicized it to the point where people are going in stores being taunted by fellow quote unquote fellow Americans because they choose to protect themselves. I mean, how preposterous is that? I mean, the, the, the leader, the leader of the free world, that is the most enviable position in the entire world that has been diminished significantly. Yep. So, again, that was my response. Uh, I didn't have it. Well, 
you know, it's interesting. That's a beautiful segue into the fact that, once again, this guy is the leader of the free world, right? People listen to every word that he says. And for him to turn wearing a mask into a political football it's just something that's mind-boggling. And, you know, and you could talk about being a child. You could talk about his antics. But you're talking about folks' lives being at stake here because of his nonsense. Here's a clip of Donald Trump of the many times he's mocked people for wearing masks. It mocked people. Let's listen to this, and we'll talk on the other side. I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking... 200 feet away from it, he shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. He walks onto the stage wearing this massive mask. There's nobody on the stage. He's got the largest mask I think I've ever seen. There's no reason for him to have masks on. He comes up with a mask. He's like 100 yards from the nearest human being. He's got a mask. I've never seen a man that liked a mask. Joe feels very safe in a mask. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to expose his face. Did you ever see a man that likes a mask as much as him? What the hell did he spend all that money on the plastic surgery if he's going to cover it up with a mask? So can you blame people for thinking and saying, you know what? Good for your ass. Good for you. Because he, he made those comments because he knew, at least he thought, that he could never be exposed to it because of the testing and all the things that they do. And the fact that he was away from his adoring crowd. Remember, this is the same guy who said, you know, thank God for the coronavirus. Now I don't have to shake hands with these disgusting people. This is this man. So as I think and say, you know what? I don't want the president of the United States to die. I really and truly don't. But a part of you has to be thinking, I told you so, B. I told you so. And here we are. Here we are. So for all you people out there who support this man, who's going to vote for this man, you know, I said this last week. And, you know, Johnny, I heard your, you know, and you you commented on what what my remarks were then. But I I truly believe this, the fact that if you can't put your country over your party, there's only really two reasons why you should or should not vote for this man if you are Republican. You can't sit here and tell me that, oh, you know what, I'm going to vote for my interest. That means you don't give a damn about nobody else. You don't care about your neighbors. You don't care about your friends. Because if you did, you say, you know what, this situation here, this particular situation right here is a crisis to the Constitution and the stability of the United States of America. Anytime this man doing the debate, what did he say to the Proud Boys, Mr. LES? Stand back and uh, stand back and stand, uh, stand down and stand back. So wait for my orders, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Stand wow. back and be ready, or whatever the hell he said. I mean, what the hell are you talking about? This is the same man that's right now, after the election, is trying to take away your health care. The same man is trying to t- trying to take away your Obamacare. Your, your, your but lied to you. But will lie to you saying that he's trying not to, oh, therefore helping people with pre-existing conditions. When they're in freaking court right now trying to reverse Obamacare. Stand back. I think over 2 million Americans. Stand by. 
Yeah, stand back and stand by. There you go. And and, and I think that there are, I think over uh, two thousand or twenty thousand Americans have already lost have already lost their their, their health care under this man. What were you saying, Vanessa? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So let me let me go back for a second on what you just said, and that is so okay. true. And that is my fight with Donald Trump on Facebook is he's going to take away what pre-existing conditions out of the insurance. So now that all of these senators have gotten it, and there are other people that have it, like the people that was working at the convention center and that kind of stuff, for all of these different things he's done in the last two weeks, those people probably have it, and they're just not out saying it to everybody, you know? So I wonder, are they really going to start, are they going to continue to take pre-existing conditions out of it now that it's going to affect them? So let them take it out, and then they can't get it either. I don't care if they are citizens with the world's best insurance. Well, no, they'll, they'll get but it, Vanessa, because they have care way different than ours. that they're going to take pre-existing from. It's from all insurance. So I just, wait a minute, Bobby's saying that they don't have insurance. So what do the senators have? Yeah, they do have government health care. They have health care insurance. Yeah, they, they have government health care. Yeah, but, but there's a way different than ours. Okay, yeah. so if they, there's, got there's health, different. Jack, if they got government health care, does that still cover pre-existing conditions if he takes it out of the, if he puts it in the bill? They're not under well, Obama I don't know, but see, but, but here's the bigger picture, and I, I can't say that I know the answer to that question. Here's what I, was, list, I thought he was trying to take it out of all the insurance, including no, Medicaid. No, just Obama. No, he's trying. No, no, no. We're talking. Listen, we're talking about people who do not have insurance. Okay, so the bottom line is, is that these folks, these Republican senators, and all this stuff, these folks have money. They can, they can get the top line health care in this country. We're talking about people who can't afford it. That is a shame. But they don't care. And this is my point. So, you know, when this happened. A few people, a few of our listeners reached out to me. You know, one guy, I hope he's listening this morning. I have to check. I haven't checked the boards yet this morning. I'll check it here. I usually check it during the second break. And, you know, then I'll cut and paste the comments and prepare to read them for the chatterbox section. But, you know, there's one guy reached out during the week. And he says, Jay, he said, I know what you wanted to say about Russ Limbaugh. He says, so, you know, even though you may not say it, it's on your heart. He said, but I know what you're probably thinking in regards to Donald Trump. You want his ass to die. And I responded back, because usually I don't respond back. I responded back and said, no, I don't want the man to die. Because if he dies, then then Mike Pence takes over. And so to me, some of those disgruntled Republicans will say, well, wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to go back to the Republican Party because Mike Pence is at the top of the ticket. But we already know that this guy is worse than Donald Trump. So, no. I want him to fully recover. I do. I want him to fully recover. I want him to get beat in November. Then I want him probably, I don't know, maybe 60 to 90 days after he's left office to be brought up on charges and eventually go to jail. That's what I want for Donald Trump. Boy, you really got some wishes going on, Jay. (laughs) I do. Because let me tell you something. If a person has AIDS and they sleep with you and don't tell you, they could be charged, right? They could be charged a crime. Right. So why is it this man knows? So why is it this man can go into an event knowing 
he's been exposed to a deadly virus and nothing happens. I mean, he should be brought up on crimes just for the fact that they have him on tape saying, I know what happened. I know that this virus is deadly. Back in February, and nothing happened. He didn't do anything. Because he did a bad job. Like Joe Biden said, there are people, you, there are folks who have empty chairs at their tables because this man lied to the American people. He should be brought up on charges. You can't accidentally hit somebody. You're going to get charged with vehicular manslaughter or something. Oh, I didn't see him. Okay, well, hey, too bad you didn't see him. But, you know, you just can't kill somebody and say, oops, I made a mistake. That's all. Stop it. I mean, this is a dereliction of duty. And, and these people who support this man can't see that. And here's the thing, Johnny, he has done nothing to show them that he gives a damn about their lot in life. I have never seen a politician that they have so much garbage and so much evidence on. And this guy is loved by his particular party. Remember when Gary Hart got caught with a lady sitting on his lap? Woo, that was the end of his political career. Gone. Mm-hmm. This dude here, <laughs> he's on tape saying, hey, pay her off. Got his signature on checks that he paid to her. I mean, Check, this, I is, this is nonsense. Go ahead, Vanessa. So, this, so if anybody has been watching MSNBC, Velshi, the bald-headed guy, has been with the glasses, has been in, in Ohio. And this other yep. person on CNN has been in Ohio because she's from CNN, uh, from Ohio. So two different mm-hmm. segments on Ohio, two different news sex people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am finding on both channels, both different reporters, that Ohio mm-hmm. is like almost tied up between Biden and Trump. That it That these people... You know, they don't really like what he has been doing with COVID. This one man said he's lost two family members. Christmas is coming. Ain't nobody going to be at the table. You almost want to start crying with that old man. So, I mean, Ohio is seriously in play. Three people this morning, one, one white, two black, said, I'm voting for Biden. And one oh, a middle-aged white guy, young, like, Pat on the mask said, oh, I think Trump's doing a wonderful job. So you know what that means. So Ohio is going to be the state to watch because all presidents win Ohio. There's never been a president that did not win Ohio. And Ohio is really, really, but Ohio is really in place. Yeah, well, you don't have to guess because polls... Polls have come out, Vanessa, saying that I think he has a, what, five or seven point lead in Ohio. I mean, those the two polls just came out this yeah. morning. And uh, he's but up by three in Georgia or something like that. Pre, those polls are pre-debate. They're pre-debate, pre-COVID. So it, I just think yeah. that if he was winning before this, then Biden really does have a good chance in Ohio. Now, Texas, yeah, we got voter suppression going on over here, but I'm not surprised because 
Texas is really in play as far as turning it from red to blue. But Ohio mm-hmm. is one to one because no president has ever became president without winning Ohio. So this is going to be on go. and popping. <laughs> she said on and popping. And on that note, <laughs> it's time for after the break. After the break is where I ask my colleagues a question, give them the break to think about it, and then we'll get their responses. 90 seconds or less on the other side. And here's this morning's question. Will, in your mind, do you think the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and Vice President Pence is more important than the first debate between Donald Trump and Biden? Which debate do you Ooh, think will weigh more? So that's the question. And I cannot wait to get their responses in 90 seconds or less after the break. You listen to the serious side. We'll step out, take a quick break. We'll be back and we'll see you guys on the other side right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them. They've slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Those who are lost now, their legacy must be our lives. I can hear you, and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Amazing grace. I am dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers. We dominate the streets. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. It's time to pick up our heads. Remember who we are. This is the United States of America.
you just lost the left. You agreed with Bernie Sanders on a plan. Folks, absolutely folks do you have any idea what this clown's doing? Mr. Do you have any do? Socialized medicine. Mr. President. Well, i tell you what. He is not for any help for people needing health care. Because, because he, in fact, already has cost 10 million people their health care that they had from their employers because of his recession. It's stunning news. The President of the United States now confirming to the world that he and the First Lady of the, of the United States have both tested positive for the coronavirus and they will quarantine. The President tweeting out just moments ago here in the United States, 12.54 a.m., said tonight, as Flotus and I, uh, and I tested positive for COVID-19. We will begin our quarantine and recovery process immediately. We will get through this together. Again, the President of the United States confirming via Twitter that he is now tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I, I will say a couple of things just to give you background and information I have that uh, I'm, I'm very few people probably who you're going to be talking to today did. Everybody in the hall, with the exception of the president, the vice president, and myself, had to wear a mask. Uh, when Mrs. Biden came in, when members of her party came in, they were all wearing masks, and they, took, they kept them on throughout the debate. Uh, on the Trump side of, of the hall, uh, Mrs. Trump came in wearing a mask but took it off. When, once she said, sat down, I didn't see when they came in, but all the other members of the first family that I saw there, including Ivanka, Tiffany, uh, when they sat down, they weren't wearing masks. I'm told by the pool of reporters who was there that somebody from the Cleveland Clinic came up to the first family. I believe this was before Mrs. Trump sat down uh, and offered them masks in case they didn't have them, and they waved them away. I came here, wasn't feeling so well, I feel much better now. We're working hard to get me all the way back. I have to be back because we still have to make America great again. We've done an awfully good job of that, but we still have steps to go and we have to finish that job. And I'll be back. I think I'll be back soon. Welcome in 347-850-1272. It's the serious side on a beautiful Sunday. If you're just tuning in, that's what we've discussed so far, but we have so much more to do. But before we get into it, let's say good morning to my peeps in the place to be. Good morning to Vanessa. Good morning, Vanessa. Bless this country, Vote 2020 Blue. Vote Blue. <laughs> vote Blue, vote Blue, vote Blue. My main man, Johnny D's in the place to be made. Good morning, John. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Daphne. I tell you what, stimulating conversation. And Miss um, Vanessa is, is on her A game this morning now, definitely, as usual. She is on her A game, that is for sure, even though she didn't say she loved me at the beginning of the show until I forced her. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. And the man. Yeah, I said it. And the man, in the place to be, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Hawk. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Nesta. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, uh, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that was holding on Mini Manchester, by the way. Thank you, Mr. Elias. And uh, to Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind? 
Uh, yeah, we got Covina Man in there and Planky. The only two I'm going to acknowledge. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's say, I want to say good morning to the pastor. He is definitely in the house. And Mary and the Music has checked in. RC's in the place to be. Good morning, RC. George. Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie is in the house. Uh, Chris is in the good house. Morning, What's going man. on? Missy. <laughs> <laughs> you know you need to be reaching out to him. Derek's in the house. Good morning. A lot of people checking in. Uh, a lot of comments, interesting comments. Can't wait till we get to the chatterbox part of the show. And if, as we as we uh, continue to have fun and have conversations, we definitely want to take this opportunity to uh, wish nothing but the best. Our love, our thoughts, and our prayers to our colleague, Mr. Jerome Esprit, our brother. Uh, hope that uh, God finds a way to wrap his healing arms around him. And make him whole again So we ask you to continue to pray for him Also prayers to our dear friend and sister uh, Miss Kathleen Williams As she continues to be incognito She's like 007 The female version of 007 Love you, love you, love you, love you. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys being in the house this morning. Oh, just so much to get into, and uh, we are glad that you are here. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the third and final set of this program because well, we have a lot to talk about, and we still have plenty of show left. Here's the third time. Jay, after the break, morning. after the break, after the break, after the break. Oh, thank yeah, you, Jesse. Thank you, Johnny D. I'm so glad you did that, brother. My man, Pots and Pan, because I was going to forget. Bro, see, I had a singer moment. I had a singer moment. I had a singer moment. Thank you, Johnny oh, D. Hey, we we all, we, I had brother, one. I give you an L. <laughs> you said you give me an L. <laughs> Is that what you just said? An L? <laughs> ah! Okay, that's, that's cold. Well, I'm but I deserve it. Miss Vanessa is in red form now. Yes, she is. My She's in red form. She's in red form. She said, I get an L. Really? You know what? I fell right into that one. Boy, you know what, Vanessa? You are, like, like Johnny D said, but you are on it this morning. And all I can say is, you are absolutely correct. You got me. You got me. All right. Well, Johnny D, appreciate you being that executive producer. And like he said, it is time for After the Break, where I ask my colleagues a question before the break. Ask them this question. Here's the question that I ask. I ask a very simple question. The vice presidential debate between Harris and Pence coming up next week, is this debate more important than the debate that took place this past Tuesday between the top of the ticket. So bottom of the ticket, top of the ticket debates, what say you, 90 seconds, Vanessa, clocks on you, which one's more important? Uh, I think it's going to be the vice president, and I think it's that because um, you don't never hear anything from him, and you just like Trump because he has to be something like Trump to pick him. So I think that people want to hear what he has to say, but most importantly, I think that they want to what Harris has to say, what Kamala has to say. And she has had to go back and study stuff that, that Biden has done in his past because uh, because Pitt can bring it up. So she has had a lot of homework to do to be ready for him. I personally don't think that it's going to happen. I think Trump's going to fake a heart attack. His oxygen level going to do something. 
so that they're going to say that Pence can't go do it because he's too big to run in the White House. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does hmm. happen, they want to see how... And Harris, she, she don't have to be cool. Don't, they're going to label her like they did Michelle Obama and say she's the evil black woman or she's the... Angry, the, uh, angry black woman. The angry black woman. So she's going to mm-hmm. have to watch it. She's going to have to watch it, and she's going to have to be on her game. But I want to see what Pence going to say, because I don't really hear him say too much. But I don't trust him either, because first of all, it's a lot together. That's my 30 seconds. Wow. I mean, she usually leaves you some time, Johnny, but she took it all the way up to, she took the whole 90 seconds. Okay, Vanessa, got it. All right, Johnny. Questions on you. Do you think the bottom of the tickets debate is going to be more important in the big scheme of things than the top of the tickets debate that happened uh, this past Tuesday? I think that this vice president uh, debate is, is significant. Primarily because I don't believe that anyone that saw the the presidential debate uh, was confused by any of the candidates. You know who you were going to get. They've been out there long enough now to where there was not going to be any significant changes. But when you look at the vice president, I think it's the most significant of of the debates because this is the future of the parties. Uh, I I, I believe that um, when Senator Harris... uh, steps on the podium she has to be doubly prepared because her the microscope will be on her and her responses and her demeanors more so than it will Pence but when 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 as we talked about earlier we know for a fact that the likelihood of Joe Biden being a two-term president is not going to happen so when people look at this they're going to be looking at okay she one day will ultimately either be running for president or become the president with mike pence if donald trump just so happens to steal the election again then his party is saying okay this guy in four more years is going to be the future of the party if trump doesn't get indicted during a an unfortunate second term so this is significant in the sense that you will get a chance to see the future of both parties on the stage on Tuesday night. I believe it's Tuesday night. It's I Tuesday think it's Wednesday night, night. and your 90 seconds. Okay, up. But go night. ahead because Mr. Elias is taking okay. calls. So go, you can take some of his time. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I, I actually yeah, I prepared to be somewhere around that 90. But like I said, I think that this one is significant. I, I really and truly do because it, it's indicative of who is going to be the future of the party. You know, Kamala Harris could literally within four years become the president. So people are going to be taking note to that. And with Mike Pence, uh, if Donald Trump steals the election, I, I, I think that uh, he is almost the, the Manchurian type of candidate where he is programmed and you know, meets the the, 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 the flock and stock of the evangelicalistic party. So to me this is pretty significant because both of these individuals could very very well within four years be running this country. Wow. Okay. And uh thirty seconds left and I'll take thirty seconds of Mr. Elias's thirty seconds. I look at it differently. I think that um I do think this is the most important debate, but not for the future of the party. I look at it as far as the future of this next term coming up, right? I think that people will look and say, okay, I want to vote for Joe Biden, but he's a little too old, and I'm not really sure about that person that's second in command on the ticket. I think it's going to be more beneficial 
for uh, Democrats versus being uh, you know being beneficial for the Republicans. So that's it. All right, that's this week's edition of Informative Select Something That You Need to Know. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Participate three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, it's time to get into the third and final set of the morning. As the grand jurors listened to the evidence in the Breonna Taylor case, at one point at least, they wanted to hear more. We have a number of home videos, and we get Fifteen hours of audio recordings that Breonna Taylor's family hoped would shed new light on the botched drug raid at her apartment in March that left the 26-year-old emergency room technician dead. The tapes revealing it was a chaotic and confusing scene. Was there a formal plan between the seven officers as they made approach to the to serving the warrant. I'm not aware of one. During the hearing, officers can be heard numerous times discussing one of the most important issues in the case, insisting they announced they were police before breaking down Taylor's door. I would say one or two minutes of me out the door saying please and I can hear somebody Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, also in the apartment, claims police never identified themselves, and he fired a gun he was licensed to carry because the couple was afraid of an unknown intruder. Taylor was killed when police returned fire, what prosecutors have said was justified self-defense. I'm confident that once the public listens to the recordings, they will see that our team presented a thorough case, Kentucky's Attorney General said in a statement, while Taylor's family's lawyer saying the jurors were stonewalled every step of the way by a prosecution team that had a predetermined outcome and a disingenuous agenda. Does this change anything? Not for the family of Breonna Taylor. The family is not satisfied, and the recordings can't tell it out. One of the grand jurors has asked to speak publicly about the case. Uh, the judge may grant that permission. The Taylor family has requested a special independent prosecutor to present new evidence to a new grand jury. And next week, we're expecting to hear the results of an internal Louisville Police Department investigation. More documents, more videos, and more controversy. The information was released in the Brianna uh, Brianna Taylor case, and just like the attorney for the family, Benjamin Crope, suspected that there was nothing in that testimony or transcript that proves that anyone uh, from the attorney general's office were was thinking about Brianna Taylor. Matter Brianna Taylor. Matter of fact, the reason why this came to light was because one of the jurors in the grand jury heard what the attorney general said and said, "Wait a minute, no, that's not no." That's not what happened. We, we we want I want permission to talk to the media, and so you have members of the grand jury saying release the information, because the grand jury people were looking at the grand jury. Why didn't you indict? And the grand jury was saying basically, look, they didn't present evidence for us to indict. Matter of fact, that wasn't even on the docket. So here we are, you know, Johnny, with one of these Uncle Tom ass Negroes that's in one of these positions. And the fact that he even he didn't even present information or brought anything to the to the uh, grand jury to even charge these dudes. I, I mean, saying it was a justified homicide. And as you heard in the lead up or during the uh, clip, when the person that was presenting the case to the grand jury. Um, you know, they said, you know, he said, we're not going to have time. And you heard one of the grand jurors say, oh, no, we have time. So they went into this. 
situation or went into that particular uh, hearing uh, already convinced that the cops shouldn't be charged and didn't present anything, any type of evidence to on behalf of Breonna Taylor. It makes me sick to my stomach when I heard it, and I want to get your thoughts, Johnny D. Wow. It's it's a clear, egregious act of malfeasance. Um, The more I read, the more I I see the clips, uh, the more distorted the information is. I mean, just this morning on news sources, it went from, once again, saying that she was shot eight times, five times, of course, Daniel Cameron, the attorney general, indicated that uh, she was shot six times. So that's what I will go with with the official uh, record, although that is proven to to be biased uh, in, in appearance. Uh, when you look at the crime scene, you look at some of the video, uh, I, I recall early in the week I saw where they had interviewed the, the lieutenant of the SWAT team, and um, he was told by the LMPD that, you know, this is a crime scene, but, you know, he talked about how chaotic it was and just the fact that there was nothing right about the execution of of that warrant. So clearly this young lady, uh, Miss Breonna Taylor, was was murdered. Uh, The compensation, as as you indicated last week, Jay, means nothing to a family who's grieving for a daughter and, and a sister who's grieving for a sister. Uh, that that money is, 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 is meaningless. So for those individuals who who try to act like you know mothers and fathers of African American um, you know children and and, and loved ones uh, will take monetary over human life, then you know shame on you. Uh, even the mayor, uh, I saw where the mayor had indicated that he was unsatisfied with the lack of information that was provided to the public and has, you know, demanded uh, that information come out. And certainly one of the senators uh, has has, uh, went forth and and changed laws on the no-knock warrant and the execution of it. Um, You know, when when I looked at at the scene, the video scene, I saw where, you know, there was rounds that had gone through windows. And I'm sitting here saying, okay, clearly you indicated that Kenneth Walker shot, uh, fired one round, okay? And, and I'm convinced that, that there was no proper execution. I, I believe that they that they were unannounced, okay, based off of, you know, just the facts and the circumstances. But this was a straight-out ambush. Um, when, when you look at the fact that there was a shot that penetrated through the door, um, and, and, and on all accounts, it appears struck an officer. And you had officers who were flanking to the left and to the right, shooting the windows. That is egregious. That's malfeasance to, to the highest level. Uh, you know, Jay, you, you, you being disciplined in tactical maneuvers, you know that that's not how that goes. I mean, that's just at will. You're going to know, undoubtedly, kill someone that's innocent. You you know, what, what, what we're trained to do is to identify the target and neutralize it, correct? That's correct. So what they did on that crime scene was preposterous. And the mere fact that how the young man came out, arms up, uh, I don't even know how you get to that point and you fire 36 rounds and he comes out, uh, you know, God bless, you know, the fact they came out walking. But in that mannerism, you listen to the 911 calls, 
Uh, this was a man, young man who probably had concealed himself in order to make that many calls to, to his mother and also 911 before all of this took place. So I don't, I mean, it, it's, it's too much out there. And I, and I just pray that what, what Daniel Cameron allows to happen is that justice prevail because that's ultimately his job. His job is not to protect, you know, the law enforcement officers. His job is not to protect the Black Lives Matter movement. His job is to make sure that justice prevails. And in this case, I think the young man has failed. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Vanessa. He's already showed his true colors because he, it was his office who said it was a justified shooting. And, you know, so, and it goes back to what I've always said. How can someone kick someone's door down? That's like, you know, I mean, come on. Oh, I, ooh, ooh, my bad. We, we, you, you weren't the person we were looking for. You can't kick my door down at any crazy hour of the morning expecting me to wake up out of a slumber. Or even if I was awake, I'm thinking, who is this kicking my door in? Especially if I know I don't have anything to do with a crime. That can happen to me. Somebody can kick my door in, you know, this morning, you know, at wee hours of the morning. I'm shooting. I mean, it's, 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 it's unbelievable that we are here. And the fact that this black attorney general did not step up to the plate is just mind-boggling. What say you, Vanessa? I say that I posted something about Brianna about two weeks ago, and somebody side messaged me a nasty message and said, His, the family should be happy that they got all that money because they wouldn't have had that money if she was alive. And it is all a hoax, and it all needs to stop. That's what I got from a message and I just ignored it because I get messages all the time. Uh, I'm about to get me a bodyguard. But um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know what? This is what I'm saying about that because this is, let's just get ready to move on to the next one that is fixing to happen to. I think they should fight it, but I'm just saying, I'm just so sick of it. And that, and that, and that, Uncle Tom. That chocolate chip, the one, <laughs> that chocolate chip governor, I hear you, man. He, mm-hmm. his time is coming. His time is coming. As his time is coming in 2023, I went on his Facebook page and I messaged him because I messaged him about opening up the campsites and everything else. I messaged him that voter suppression is not right and 2023 is coming and he reads those messages if he don't somebody else does so you know what these people's time is coming the God that we serve is not going to allow this to happen and that black man who screwed over that black girl is going to get here yes he is I believe God is going to let us all see it too Hallelujah. Don't give me going. Wow, 347-850-1272. <laughs> she said hallelujah. All right, Mr. Elias, um, you know, once again, we, we, we live in a nation where this type of stuff happens. And, you know, and our fellow citizens who are of a different complexion, you know, some of them at least, thinks that this is a justified shooting. The fact that, you know, they shot at the cops and all this other stuff. You know, but once again, it goes back to this. 
he would not have shot at them had they not been at that house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the other part of it. They talk all this yin-yang because they have the ability to Monday, Monday morning quarterback this thing. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You already know what happened. But put yourself in those shoes. Put yourself in, in, in their shoes. If someone kicked their door in at that time of the morning, they'd shoot at them too. And the fact that you had eleven, you had 12 witnesses, one said that he heard them yell police, the other 11 didn't. But keep in mind the one that they said heard the cops say that it was the police originally said that he did not hear them say that. So he changed his testimony. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why we look at stuff through rose-colored glasses? Do you understand why? We are so quick to invoke the race card when this type of nonsense go down. What say you? Well, like I said, man, that, that, that I call him William Barr Jr. That's who he is, man, because he's doing the president. He's doing he's doing lads bidding. So that that's that, that that's what he's doing. He's he's doing lads bidding. So that's what he's going. That's what we're going to get. And the bottom line is, you know, he's suppressed. Uh, evidence. He's that. Well, this is what we, we don't want to go with there. We don't want to go here. We don't want to do this. We don't do that. So he suppressed all the evidence instead of presenting a, a proper case in front of the grand jury. Said, "This is what I got. This is what happened. This is what was going on." No, what he did was suppress evidence. He said, "I don't want. Nope. We're not even going to talk about that. We can't talk about that. Why? Because you justified the homicide. You justified the shooting. How do you justify shooting when there's no evidence?" That they said the postmaster general said that that he she that she wasn't receiving any taxes there from her ex boyfriend who was a drug dealer. She got away from this guy, so she was she was living with somebody new who she had this guy she she had gotten away from. So she had started her life anew. So now you still gonna pull her and pull her into this into this uh, uh, false warrant? And and we sit around and we're debating whether, whether they kicked the door, whether they he fired through a door and they kicked it in. The first and foremost thought should be they should have never had their asses there in the first place. They shouldn't have been there. They say, hey, look, where's the police work? Where where is the detective work? They they're so thorough on everything else. How come they weren't thorough on this? This is crazy. You bring up stuff that happened in 2016 with this young lady. And it's 2020? Are you kidding me? And that's my point. That's my point. My point is incompetence led to this girl's death. Yes. And we we, we said, well, I'll give them the police get a pass because they're the police. No. This was murder. This is a murder. They murdered that young lady. And then, you know, you get the people like Bobo Bright who sit in the chat room and say, well, if they they didn't, if they kicked the door down and he shot at him, then he was justified. Then, then I, but a week later, when he found out the door was kicked in and he shot at him after that, they say, oh, well, he shot at the police. You keep moving the goalposts. You stop. Stop. This is a homicide. Call it what it is. Be a man, stand up for what you believe in, and call it what it is as a homicide. Because if somebody break, somebody's breaking in my front door, I'm going to work. That's what I got to do to protect my home. That's what I'm going to do. I didn't get guns so I could just look at you and say, I got him. 
If you break in my front door and you come into my house, I'm going to work right away. Go get them, man. Go get them. It's 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 amazing to me. So what happens now? So the attorneys, the family's attorney wants an independent uh, attorney general assigned to the case. Now, let me just ask all you guys, and I'll start with you, Vanessa. Do you ever think that Brianna Taylor? Do you think anyone else would be charged in this case? Uh, do you think that? Uh, do you think there will ever be justice for Brianna Taylor?
Silius, and you have anything to add? Yeah, yeah, I got Corvina man that says Trump getting the Rona shows that God does answer prayers. Corona is real. Mitch McConnell <laughs> can't save him. Bill Barr can't save him. Uh, uh, Fox News can't cover it up. Trump has to take this uh, hard reality to the face and the lungs. Uh, okay, so anything, anybody else? Nah, maybe nobody else in there. Oh, okay. All right, so let me uh, read. I have a few here. Uh, here's one from uh, Taj. Uh, Taj. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He says, oh, now he wants to fight COVID for everybody, not just Americans. <laughs> this man, this is a man who has realized in the last few days that he is quite possibly about to face his maker or that other guy. Wow. Uh, Keith says it's a stunt. Later he can claim that he's healed. All the brain, he's, and then he says all the brain dead drones can then worship him as a demigod. Says Trump is mm-hmm. demented. Bill says uh, it's funny how the right all of a sudden cares about people getting COVID. L M A O. Here's one from Jim. Trump never should have taken the test. If he didn't take the test, he wouldn't have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get what he's saying there. That's funny. All right, Pastor, I accidentally erased your comments, you and Mariana Music, so I'm going to take a break, and I promise you I'll pull them back up and I'll read them uh, in our closing remarks. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You listen to the serious side. Heavy fighting is ongoing between Armenia and Azerbaijan over the disputed enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh. Fighting there broke out a week ago today and is the worst since the end of a war in 1994. It threatens to drag in Russia and Turkey. Azerbaijan says its second largest city came under rocket attacks today. The government vowed to strike back. In Israel, protests against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have expanded across the country. After the Israeli government passed a law last week limiting large protests, and Pierce Daniel Estrin reports from Jerusalem. Netanyahu claimed the mass protests against him in recent months were a health hazard. A new coronavirus law restricts protesters to groups of 20 up to 1,000 yards from their homes. But this didn't reduce protests, it just made more of them. Saturday night, thousands held small protests at more than 100 spots, according to organizers. They called on Netanyahu to resign because he's on trial for corruption and because of his failure to rein in a new virus outbreak. Several demonstrators were attacked by onlookers. Israel's tourism minister has resigned, protesting the new limits on demonstrating and accusing Netanyahu of focusing more on his trial than on the pandemic. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Jerusalem. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is defending his handling of the coronavirus pandemic, telling the BBC today that his government had to strike a difficult balance between saving lives and protecting the economy. But he also warned of what he called a bumpy winter ahead. Johnson's critics are calling for tougher social distancing requirements to stem a second wave. The UK has Europe's highest coronavirus death toll. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Welcome back, 347-850-1272. Like I announced, they are doing a briefing, an update on the president's condition. So if you want to step out and look at that, by all means, please do. But in the meantime, it's time for us to get into our final thoughts. 
And uh, I do have those comments, and I'll read them during my segment. But right now, uh, final thoughts, Vanessa, you're up first. Today is Sunday. Today is Communion Day. As I take my communion and I ask for the forgiveness of my sins for everything I've said and thought about Donald Trump forever in a day, I'm also going to pray for this country because we have a president that is crooked and he is. They're doing an update on why they took him to that hospital. They should have taken him. I'm almost 80 years old. He is almost as old as Biden. So they should take him now. But now that he's stabilized, or when he gets stabilized, send him back to the White House so he can heal he can with his wife, supposed wife, so he can leave her there sick and don't worry about her. Okay, that's the craziest. What president takes a vaccine that nobody has tested? And then he didn't turn the White House over to kids. Don't fall for the okie doke. I feel sorry for him. I hope he heals. I hope the First Lady and all these other Congress people heal. But it is a bunch of pokey doke. Okie doke. Don't fall for no wooden nipples because it's all mm. fake. Now you got some fake news. That's fake. So y'all have a good weekend. Yeah, y'all pray for me. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, the pastor, I, I pull at the pastor's comments, and yeah, your name is mentioned in there, and I will definitely read what he said during my final goodbyes. All right, Johnny D, man, final thoughts. As always, uh, it has been a, a, a pleasure and an honor to be, be part of this esteemed uh, broadcast and working with the contributors. Uh, I appreciate y'all accepting me and, and what what I can bring to the, the panel and, and to the show. Uh, it, it's a serious time in, in this country. It's a serious time in the world. Uh, we, we're still dropping bombs in Somalia. So, you know, these are things that, that sometimes we lose focus on is the fact that, you know, there's still the human element. Human lives are being impacted either by impoverishment or they're meeting their demise or having medical issues, health issues, psychological issues, suicide is up. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's just a lot going on. And then you look at the stresses of, of this COVID-19 and, and what, what it brings every single day of our existence and, and lives, you know. Um, but recently, um, I had an opportunity to, to see America at its best. And uh, as... My, 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 my two youngest ones and I, the other afternoon when I got off work, um, we was walking the dog, and we we went around the block, and, and like I say, I'm, I'm one that's privileged uh, to stay in a, multi, uh, a multi-racial community, and I, I remember turning back, and I asked my, my, my little ones, I said, tell me what, what you see. And, of course, it, it kind of went beyond them. And what I saw on, on that day was what I envisioned America being. I saw a little Hispanic boy and, and, and a little African-American female and two Caucasian children riding their bicycles. And then I looked over uh, under someone's carport, and I, and I saw a, a, a Caucasian male and his wife that I normally wave at when I'm walking through. And under that carport with them, was 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 an Asian um, neighbor um, that first time I'd seen them, and then and also one of the, the African uh, brethren who stay in the community, 
and and I remember telling them that this is this is the true America. Um, what what we are seeing now depicted on television, the polarization, the hate, the anger, all of that stuff right there is is, is not really who we are as a people. Uh, but there's a small fraction of people out there who believe in that type of lifestyle every day, so I don't dismiss that. But for the first time in a long time, I saw a symbol and a reflection of, of what I truly believe that President Obama was working towards, and I thought inevitably it would be our our new now and our existence until until this treasonous Trump was elected in 2016. So God bless you all. Again, like I say, I always pray that God's will be done. And Jade, like I say, love you, man, for 30-some years of, of friendship and, and brotherhood. And just keep on doing what you do. Man, I appreciate you, man. You know, I feel the same way about you. The man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Final thoughts, my friend. Look, folks, don't be distracted. I mean, you got the virus, so it's 7 million other people. I'm not caring about that this man has the virus. I just want to stay focused on what's going on and the swing states and how these people are trying to suppress the Republican Party is trying to suppress the vote. Uh, the, the governor in Texas, Abbott, said, well, it was because of security reasons that I took away the, 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 uh, the uh, ballot boxes, the absentee ballot boxes. He's a lie. He's a lie because he knew damn well that Texas is voting, going, they, they're, they're voting heavily Democrat, so now they're taking it away. What's the reason they took away the, 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 the votes for the felons in Florida? Same reason, because they know damn well that they're not going to vote Republican. And the same thing in Pennsylvania. So, look, folks, just stay diligent. This is, he's going to dominate the news cycle because this is what he, he wants. He loves to dominate the news cycle. And, look, just stay diligent. I'm reading stuff in the chat room. And, you know, and all three of these races are in the chat room, and I just don't even acknowledge them. So here's what it is. So get out and vote, folks, and make November 3rd a better, a better year for us. All right. So as promised, I found the uh, remarks from our two most uh, avid uh, supporters, uh, the pastor. The pastor writes, Peace and Blessings family. As a man in the cloth, I pray for a speedy recovery for the president. And Miss Vanessa, I'm praying for you as well. <laughs> be blessed all and be safe. <laughs> Mariana Music, oh my God, Mr. Elias, who made that song? I again? Oh, who made that song? Yeah, well, you do need it. Uh, Mr. Elias, who made that song again? <laughs> I love it, and I love yeah. y'all. And please tell Jerome that I love him, and I'm praying for him and uh, his family. Okay, that's sweet. That, uh, that was many Manchester yeah. holding on, Mariana Music. Mini Manchester holding on. All right, so now let, let me. My final thoughts are going to be real quick and simple. The bottom line is, is that um, you know you never you're not supposed to give up on anyone, right? If someone is in need of help, you're supposed to sit there and help them and try to get them through, because that's the right thing to do. That's what we are taught to do. That's the humanity that most of us have within us. But I'm here to tell you that today, and for the last two years or especially the last couple of months, let me be honest about it, that I've given up. I've given up on those people who support Trump. I've given up on my friends who say they were my friends, and then they vote for this president. I have nothing for you. I can't deal with you. 
Because once again, you're not a true American. You are a Trump American. That's what you are. You're a Trumpster. You love the ground that he walks on. You worship a man who don't give two Fs about you. And you love him for it. You'll walk through the you'll you'll walk through the, what do they say you'll walk through the uh, thing with yeah. gasoline you'll walk, walk through, through hell ga- with gasoline draws on hell. gasoline to, draws on them. yeah to to support this man I'm willing to say that you'll probably follow this man more than you follow your own parents what does that say about you and your mentality what does that say about you voting for a man who don't give a damn about me or give a damn about people who look like me. You're trying to tell me that you're my friend? Because let me tell you something. If the shoe was on the other foot and there was someone who did things against you because of the color of your skin or because of your stat, your lot in life or whatever the case may be, I would be standing by your side, my brother, my sister. But you can't do that because your hatred towards people who are not like you, who you deem as beneath you, is more powerful than your your ability to love. And on that note, Mr. Elias, I'm just disgusted with these people, man. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rouse show. Praying for my brother, Jerome. God bless you. We love you, brother. Kathleen, you be safe. And everybody else put on the mask. So, for Vanessa, for Johnny, for Mr. LES, I'm Jay Riles saying have a wonderful have a week. Weekend, remember, <laughs> if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious <laughs> guy. God bless. Vanessa, you're crazy. We'll see you next week, guys. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.